Hello, welcome to the Genuine X podcast. In this episode, Martin and I talk to Mira and Nick from Infotex Fabrics. Infotex is a smart sensor company with a new class of patented smart pressure sensitive materials which enable switches and sensors to be printed onto textiles. We met Mira, an angel investor with a history in biochemistry, and Nick, an alumni from the Bauhaus, who now runs Raw Studios. In this podcast, we discuss how the chance meeting between an angel investor with an IP and a creative mind has given birth to a company with almost unlimited possibilities. We also discuss how having unlimited possibilities is not only an opportunity, but it can also pose as a problem. Where do you start when you can find a use case in pretty much any market for your product? I hope you enjoy the episode. My background's mechanical engineering and learning how to make things that work. Um, I used to work for the Ministry of Defence, funnily enough, but then went to the Royal College of Art after that. Uh, did a course called Industrial Design Engineering. And then I went to the Bauhaus in Dessau for a year, um, which was quite strange. Uh, but then I found myself kind of overqualified to do anything, but with bookfuls of ideas of what I thought were good ideas. So came back to the UK and, and kicked off Raw Studio, basically trying to turn them into reality. Um, <clears throat> one of the ideas is uh, a way of kind of making computer games way more fun and turning them into sort of like real size space mm. uh, and trying to raise money for that. I bumped into Mira at one of the UKTI events. Yeah. My background is totally different from this. I'm a biochemist, spent years behind an electron microscope in looking in a dark room down a cathode ray tube and looking at viruses. So I'm very far away from my natural environment. But I became an angel investor in the early 2000s, came across, uh, I was part of a wonderful team that consisted of three bankers, a, a, a wonderful old electronics engineer, um, who is still with us, he's 93 years old. Anyway, we invested in, all, in four little companies. And one of them was, was a little company that made special material that they called it conductive ink. I didn't know what conductive ink is, but at an exhibition or conference, I met this man, the engineer inventor, who said, come, I've got something to show you. So I don't usually go off with a man who wants to show me his stuff. But, <laughs> <laughs> but somehow he looked safe enough to do so. So um, I even went to his be his hotel bedroom and he showed me his stuff. Well, that's where all the fabric is, right? Is that the reason? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he was showing me a, an, a, a train set that he could control from his hand by squeezing a controller. And he was putting it into very early tablets. So, very interesting. I knew my old electronics Wizzo, who used to be um, the chief scientist at GC Marconi, but all of you are much too young to have ever heard of GC Marconi. Um, but it was uh, one of the strong like the arm equivalent today uh, but he invented flat panel displays liquid crystals all that sort of thing so he knows a thing or two frs cbe 
and um, we had a little discussion backstage and we agreed he'd already met them quite by chance and we agreed we'd put some money into this company. They were then approached by, weirdly enough, the Wool Authority from New Zealand who asked if they could use this special ink, which was, he invented the term, well, he invented the ink and it was quantum tunneling. So this ink is molecularly prickly, that when you press the prickle, so the Z axis, it forms channels and the electrons can go across. And the, um, the New Zealand Wool Authority wanted to increase their presence, their opportunistic, the, well, the opportunity to broaden the applications on wool. So very, very early wearables. And this was in about two, 2003. The company was based up in Darlington. The inventor was going his way into screens with Samsung. And um, they, the New Zealand people sent somebody to Darlington and um, set up the wearable side. And it was called Soft Switch. And everything was going wonderfully we knew what was going on and so on and then in 204 as a little fund we had a meeting and we got a information that lo and behold Steve Jobs had seen these little button strips that the New Zealand people had developed they were button strips onto a jacket Steve Jobs saw it he is a snowboarder and he asked Burton snowboard that's a jacket I don't know if any of you board um, to please make a thousand for him and in as a trial and in one morning in Aspen 500 jackets got sold because when you're boarding you need the music oh, yeah. and all the rest of it so you may have thought that it was an aha moment but they were busy with Samsung and Nisua and they weren't too keen on Fashtech so even Fashtech the term hadn't been invented yet and that was just when the um, first iPod came out so yes it was to control the ipod yeah thanks for that yeah Yeah. so it was a wire running it was a control pad sewn into the jacket with a wire going up to so to control the ipod and so to be to be to be clear on that and you're coming back to this train set that you saw being controlled the control of the button i imagine that people will be thinking that's okay well that's just that's like a physical almost like a plastic button but the the new thing here is it's, it's actually built into the fabric. The fabric itself is conductive, and that's the difference. Correct. Yeah. That's correct. So, in fact, our switches have got no wires in whatsoever now. Um, so, just to go back to how I met Nick at this meeting, I was going, like, you know, we go to these meetups and so on, and general discussion, and Nick was talking about his track wall. And I said, wow, well, we've got this. Um, what do you think? It was completely serendipitous. That <laughs> yeah. I'd gone in to look for somebody else. They came and said, who are you? Do you know who this person is? Where can I find them? And then I said, no. And then I said, well, what, what are you here doing? And then found out. And I thought, actually, the direction we were moving the, the interface with Trackwall, um, the pressure sensitive um, ink system would be the perfect way to to make that work so so um, can you explain a little bit what this track wall is um basically it's like making a 
a human-sized touchscreen. So you could turn a wall into a pressure-sensitive um, touchpad, really. Um, so you can... What we're looking at it for is to take games away from having to sort of sit down and press buttons um, and turn them into, like games with real hand-eye coordination and also be able to use balls with them as well yeah so and we've done tests over over a few years with different types of video systems of ball tracking and you know um using the kind of cameras they use for gesture based inputs like the prime sense camera and the connect sort of stuff um but all that's been developed for it for its own specific use and there's i think the the real interface between like human um, hand-eye coordination and gaming isn't isn't really there yet i mean when i was at the rta 98 to 2000 quite a few of my projects were looking at wearables and we were looking at this future then that everyone was going to be wearing the vr goggles and that didn't happen 20 years ago you know so there's there's waves of, of vr and you know augmented reality that come through but not much sticks and in, in my own um, opinion i think it's because you know that sort of merge between the real and the virtual is not quite been been nailed really not really where you can go you know what you actually touch in a room is what you see um um being affected within the technology so so our trackball system is basically projecting the game onto you know a real wall and where you actually touch because we're looking at the surface of the wall being the interaction point it's uh yeah so it's rather that exact than a, location rather than a large screen so we so so the last people the last person who sat in this this podcast booth with us was um the cto of bear conductive i'm presuming oh, yeah. you've come across which is yeah, the conductive yeah. ink people and one of the things we were talking about which seems um, relevant here is is the fact that you have for the most part you have a distinct separation between digital and physical so you know we're an experience agency so we can build a beautiful space and you can talk about the materials of that space and the digital the interactive is is almost is like a kind of a bolt-on it's actually it feels quite separated because it's almost always a screen bolted to a wall or on a table and when you can start to make the physical environment the walls you know whether it be wood or brick or fabric once they become the point of interaction then you have a much more sort of seamless integration of the two i mean that's more of a coherent experience and that's presumably where you're coming from with this exactly yeah that's exactly it and that's where i'm coming from also with infitex because what i always say is we all wear clothes and the infitex conductive ink can all the sensors connect all textiles to all devices so um we all wear clothes we all sit on seats we all walk on we're wearing shoes so if we can take the big data off that when we're doing it that's really powerful and then comes a divide between the flash tech people uh you know who are switching on flashing lights and so on mm. so you come into the divide between nice to have and need to have so all we're really concentrating on the need to have because a um, it's much easier to get to market if you need to have it um, and it's useful and it serves a purpose it's 
more satisfying philosophically as well. And um, whereas nice to have, we we had some deal with t-shirt people to switch on things, and the profit margins, the the margins were so difficult to work with that, that although we could do it, it became impossible. So um, that's how we're developing out from here, really. So I've got a got a couple of questions. Um, first of all, could you just tell us a little bit about Infotech in general, like? What, uh, how did the company start? How long has it been around? What does it specialise in specifically? Mm, hard one. Okay, so so as I said, I was part of this little fund and they were doing different, they had split into the um, wearable side and the tablet side. They took venture debt money and in about two, 210, just at the time of recession, just before the recession really hit. And um, the they couldn't, They although they repaid the debt, they couldn't repay the interest and the company went into receivership and it split out. So I was fortunate at the time, I knew the Steve Jobs story, so I thought good enough for Steve Jobs, good enough for me. So I managed to buy the IP out in 2014 and was looking, how can we go on from here? Thinking, really laterally what we managed to do at the time they were sewing the panels and it took a few years it took really a big shift didn't it till we found the printing so now what we do is we screen print the ink on so that their circuits um, printed onto textile and we have divided it into three verticals three products into three verticals. The three products are button strips, what we call button strips, that can be um, either on the side of seats of cars, which we've done, or onto jackets to control a panel, whatever it is, to control a device. We then have a, what we call four-wire mat, that can see if somebody's standing on it, switch on something from somebody just standing on it, fallen out of bed, fallen in the bathroom, no camera, no lanyard. Uh, so that's quite powerful as well. So we, we, one side of what we're looking at is um, looking after senior people with dignity, with care and love, and they don't like to be watched on the whole, but we need to know what's going on. The other side is the multi-touch mat, which is really quite unique on its own, is that it can identify, it can see how you're sitting, and we put it in shoes to see your gait. But more importantly than the gait, we're also working out to detect neuropathy and diabetic foot ulcers. The soles of our shoes, you can't even tell, they're like, feel like a normal sole, they're comfortable to wear. They are many sensors screen printed as one. So the actual manufacture of it is much easier than having to lay different sensors on and very powerful how much information can you get off them. So Nick's had ex Nick went off to ISPO. The big sports um, trade show over in, in Munich um, just to see what else was going on with um, basically on the incel side of things and you'll see a lot of 
um, different companies that have smart insoles um, and other ways of kind of tracking, um, say, running or cycling or whatever. But what we did find was that there, from the people that we spoke to, there weren't any really robust and um, useful um, pressure sensors within within the insole um, or the insole tech that was going on. Um, and because we are purely using sort of fabrics and inks um, to do the detection, um, we, we've got something that can potentially be a game changer there because it's not kind of discrete piezoelectric or whatever type of pressure sensors within the insole. We can monitor the whole kind of footprint, which, I mean, the biggest problem probably is how much data comes from that and then picking out using the right analytics to work out what is useful data, you know. Yeah, so that's presumably it feeds into a phone which actually analyzes what's going on. Yeah, we've we've already got a, a Bluetooth system that can, you know, keep the the sensor remote. Um so we will be able to you know, we are collecting a lot of data, but the, the analytics is 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 the next step. But we're not trying as a company, as Infotex, we're not trying to do all of that ourselves. We're looking for the right um, partners to provide the sensors for so, yeah you have yes. the underlying technology which That's is right. this simple almost invisible because if i think about the kind of the parallels that are out there in the world at the moment that people would understand is that obviously nike plus seems like that was like the first cab off the rank with the the module that went in the shoe but that's quite a kind of first idea approach isn't it it's, it's, it's something it's you need to clunky. add in yeah it's very clunky in fact yeah. so what we we've got a research project going on at the moment in um kent at the university of kent um working on the relationship between pain and fatigue mm. now that's huge for elite sports mm. the, the the souls that are available at the moment usually work on an accelerator and gps and all like that and these give a whole new range of big data. It does make you realise the applications. I mean, sport obviously is a massive area because I think about the, the various kind of footwear I wear in the, the various sort of sports I do. So I think about the kind of the, the, the hot spots or the pinch points. So I do yeah. climbing. So, you know, getting getting the kind of the sort of the pinch points in there and the way you get, you know, you want it to be tight, but you don't want it to be too tight. Same with ski boots. As it's, you know, you're always told that it needs to be super, super tight, but you yeah. don't want the sort of blood getting cut off in your in your toes. Um, so there's obviously there's there's a lot of applications there. Um, is that kind of the main focus for your business? Because it seems to me that it's one of those things is you've almost got there's, there's almost too many opportunities for them. Where not, do you focus? They're not almost too many. There are definitely too many. Do you and have a roadmap in we, sort of very traditional startup terms? In very traditional, I wouldn't say because none of us are very traditional in right. any which way. In a nice way, I think. Um, <laughs> In, in any which way. Um, so the the roadmap we've got is we're quite opportunistic, really, although focused on where are the best markets. At the, so having seen the experience that um, the parent company, Peritech, went through being too early, not recognizing wearables, being too early in the market and all of that, we... For example, Google, I know you do a lot of work with Google. Google um, had a relationship with Levi Jeans and they make the Levi Jean jacket. Mm. Um, so we can, we, we've been out there with our jackets a lot before Google, but don't have their marketing budget, mm. unfortunately. Of course. Um, however, uh, 
Did you think they did a good job? Did it did it live up to scratch for you? That? Absolutely not. Would you pay three hundred dollars for a denim jacket that you can't wash more than five times, and the things wouldn't work, and all the rest of it? So the marketing that Levi's did for that, which they needed to do because they needed the concept. You went, we went into the flagship store in San Francisco, and there was big screen to explain what was going on as you walked in. You had to go and speak to a special salesman to explain it. Um, they were a few of them hung up and. It was quite clunky, the whole business. So you needed to have two or three lessons to learn how to do it. So it's completely not intuitive. Whereas our buttons, you press on, off, louder, softer, change channels. Simple as that. And washable, flexible, bendable, do whatever you want with them and no wires. It's the wires that is the problem washing. It's also the wires um, for recyclable. That's a whole other issue environmentally. So the ink has won awards environmentally, being environmentally sound. We're developing different systems to be able to remove it very easily so that you can recycle them. And uh, I think that, and we've got this wonderful product designer sitting next to me who thinks up lots more things. Well, I just think. Oh, what do you want to make? Yeah, what do you want to make? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the interesting thing when it comes to, you know, what we can do f with wearables is, I, I think, um, compared to a woven system where you might have hundreds of different threads that all need to be connected up and and then well, are your input device. I mean, we can do the same thing, but we're just with basically f four wires. Well, no, not wires, but four tracks. We'll give all that input data. So I think, you know, our technology just give that opportunity of doing something useful and doing it the best way or the most simple way hmm. but what do you want to make what do i want to make yeah go on if, you, <laughs> if, you, if, if money was no object and you had any sort of device um you mean as far as the kind of tronic stuff yeah well i mean i say device because my brain's slightly brainwashed to think it might must be a device right but clothing anything sombrero <laughs> i mean your you, helmets. You, what about your oh, helmets oh, your yeah. helmets are really good well that's that's I've got too many. You got too many. Too yeah, many yeah. things going so on. Yeah. problem. I mean, um, yeah. I see. What about, just what about, what about, what about furniture? Because I mean, you were you're at the Bauhaus, right? So I'm, I'm presuming that you you know a thing or two about a chair. I mean, yeah, presumably because yeah. because if you think about our interaction with fabrics on a daily basis, I mean, we think about clothes, but we spend most of our time sitting on on yeah. the bus, on the train, you know, on, on a fabric chair. I mean, so not. Is, is there an opportunity there? What well, about cars also? Well, cars, yeah, the, totally. Well, the, that's the, the, there is, yeah. there is when you get when you get into specifics, you know, and like the sci-fi future is everything's got these sensors in, but you know, that tends to get pushed by companies that are like, okay, what can we make trillions of yeah. and get them everywhere? So then they they become useful, but I think that's that's been the downfall of kind of. Uh, you know wearable tech in the past is most of the applications haven't actually been that useful so I try and <clears throat> in my role with Infotex is like pushing the really useful projects then we can make them stick you know but if I w it was anything I wanted to make I mean I, I would have um, a massive track wall that everyone could play at once yeah. or give an opportunity for the kids that enjoy playing games by having to sit down and 
in the dark in their bedrooms all the time give them something really active that they want to play all the time and then we'll win everything at Olympics. Because that's really interesting as well because there's a rising there's a rising trend in interactive toys for children and this is driven by the need for STEM subjects and the fact that we the technology is getting cheaper and cheaper and I, I have a two-year-old so I see this all the time everything's got blinking AAA batteries in it now and it's, so in other words none of the toys ever kind of work but what it allows for is there's like a greater degree of interactivity with when I was a kid everything was it's not interactive at all but introducing the fact that it's not all horrible plastic single-use plastics but if everything becomes more tangible more softer more fabric because fabric things are so much nicer or wood things you know the more natural materials that that strikes me as a really kind of great big opportunity from like a children's toys point of view and, but and like no, we were hang on one before, second not only that we are all actually children Oh, I definitely am. Yeah. <laughs> so, so take it all the way through. Yeah. yeah. Well, we yeah. all enjoy play, and actually, coming yes. back, coming back to your touch wall, and I think this is this is something we've talked about before on this podcast is the fact that you can, from an experience point of view, what you want to do is you want to create memorable moments. You want to create moments of joy and wonder. And we have, as I think you've seen, we have a prototype touch wall in our labs here, which is wood with conductive ink behind it with projected surface. And when we take people around the lab, that's the thing that triggers the most amount of joy. That's the thing that gets a, a very notable emotion because it's it feels like magic and because people are interacting with a wood surface and not horrible plastic clicky buttons and screens. That's it. I mean, you said it before, um, about 20 minutes ago, when we were talking about how, you know making things seamless, making the environment and the interface seamless with where you are you know not not specifically another product it's just basically a wall that can do a bit more than your average wall yeah and make games at that scale as well yeah, and you've, got, yeah. you've got a fantastic wonderful experience so what you're actually describing is actually a full circle of life that in in when i when we started this conversation i talked about nice to have or need to have but if you start off with a child growing doing all the different experiment all living life and the data we need to take from that and we have to be very careful how we take that data and what we do with that data and then all the way through to senior citizens how we're going to encourage them to live then through the track wall, we all doing sports and being out, doing different things, whether it's biking or um, playing golf. So for golfing, it's very good. For tennis, it's very good. They're all the different sports you can think of. And we're all wearing shoes, so we need to can keep track of that. And then um, we're also making, on the health side, we're making um, pressure mats for um, monitoring for neonates to see if they're moving in the incubator mm. up to mattress covers for pressure sores. So all those are huge markets, really huge markets. And you asked me how are we focusing? So it, it really is focused on the conductive ink being able to, to connect textiles to devices and what you do with them is is. Um, what you have to challenge us with can you do this well, it sounds uh, like you can pretty much do anything it's more that we have to yeah. find a, a problem that we think is worth solving I mean that's really yes. kind of what you, you were touching on as well is like there's so many applications I think the, the Levi's jacket is probably quite a good um, example because they created something and didn't solve a problem for anything 
in a weird way. Do yes. you know what I mean? Like, yes, it's really right. nice. It's great. Yes. But thanks. What yes. have you done for me lately? Type Correct. Yeah. Um, whereas finding the real problems where these things seamlessly work yeah. is kind of the, the, the bigger challenge and the thing which then changes the conscious perception of how fabric works. And, and that is also why we need to emphasize the need to have, because in the nice to have, we're in the world of consumerism that price is king and the cheaper you can make it and then you knock it out and throw it away and all the rest of it. So we have to have the added value and, and appreciate appreciate consumerism that it's really good to have, but it needs to be special. I, don't, I can't buy any more plastic toys. I can't no, see totally them anymore. Completely agree. Um, so, um, and working with designers and you see what can be done okay, you might have to spend a bit more on it, but you'll value it so much more and keep it. Uh, you know, now vintage clothes is in. Um, there's a Mary Quant exhibition just opened up last night at, at V&A. I mean, I, I'm older than all of you, so I remember Mary Quant very, very well. Who managed to go to the exhibition with her clothes still? But if you went with today's clothes in yeah. 40 years' time, they probably wouldn't even exist. They'd deteriorate. So they certainly so wouldn't. Yeah, yes. they'd, they'd fall apart. Yeah. I think that's changing. I mean, anecdotally, that seems to be changing. I think people are moving away from fast fashion. I think there seems to be more. Well, of if a you've ever stepped into Primark, I don't think that. Well, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, that's no, the totally. extreme. That yeah, is yeah. the extreme. Those yeah. hooks yeah. are in pretty yes. deep, though. But <laughs> yes. like the general. Um, I don't know how they do it. But <laughs> the general, the general consensus. Well, probably not ethically. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> true. Sure. That's so true. Sure. Okay, so that's a very interesting point: is to keep your ethics and your your actual moral values up there and doing good stuff. It's so rewarding, also work-wise, and then working with a good team of people that people play off. Like you've got the setup here, is also you're all playing against each other and with each other, and you can feed off each other. So we've got a, really a multidisciplinary team that are all doing the same sort of thing. I mean, I can't talk electronics. I, I've learned a lot, but I really can't. Um, but whereas they can't talk biochemistry, but we can all think laterally and go, oh, that's a good idea, let's have a go. And I think the bottom line, like we're doing here, is communicating and talking and just opening up our minds to what what could be. So what is the what does the next year look like for you guys? Oh what, very interesting. What, what, can, what can we be watching out for? Um a few little hints and I can't mention names. Oh I love it. Every or, every guest says a little yeah, this is great. Automotive cars, the big thrust for the cars is to remove all controls from the console. Yeah. So we've been asked if we can put our button switches into the um, roof of, for convertible cars as the seat mover. Very, very, um, uh, what's the word? It, it, not, um, the, it's very simple to use. Intuitive. Intuitive, yeah. thank you. Um, so we've been asked to do that. Also to be able to tell if people are falling asleep in, on, whilst they're driving. And that same mat, we've been asked um, if an older person goes to the kitchen, makes a cup of coffee, 
do they then go and sit in their chair in their lounge, switch on the television? Are they sitting upright and attentive or are they sitting slumped in their chair, falling asleep and then getting depressed? Now, the data coming off that is all very, very new data yeah. to, to do stuff with. And that's really powerful. Um, so although you've got personal data, the, the people want to be able to take control of what's happening with them. So their children might want to know there's something ahead coming up. Who knows? That's that's actually interesting talking about the automotive side of things as well. Um, I have previously worked running a team that developed the the HMI systems for one of the big three automakers, and when you start to look at it from a user experience point of view, you start to identify some sort of quite simple problems that you wouldn't really come across until you really kind of get out there. So one of the examples is all these all the early touch screen. Everyone was like very quick to take away these lovely tactile physical buttons. Yeah. We knew exactly what it was getting. You got a satisfying clunk as you turn the volume up to putting all these touchscreens in, which were always a few generations behind mobile phone screens. So they're capacitive screens. And you'd and we'd be out in the States and we'd test it and you'd get a, a, a US truck driver. And what's the first thing they do? They're out, they're truck drivers. They're out in the cold weather and they've got gloves on. So the screen doesn't work because they've got to take their gloves off to, to use the screen. So they don't use the screen. And they're, and they're saying, why have, you, why have you moved to these screens? I, I love my slider. It was satisfying and I got lots of feedback and now I've got to navigate through 20 menus whilst I'm driving and they've all become really, really complicated. So actually, it feels like it's coming full circle where we're going back to the tactility of the interface, but in a way that still has all of the smartness of the technology and it's not as, as simple as like a, a big I love it that you used the example of gloves because originally in the old days of soft switch, the gloves were used at NASA on the control buttons were used at, on a NASA glove and now we well, one of the focuses are loan workers people wearing gloves those are all the people who want to use our button strips when you're riding a bike in the cold weather when you're skiing yeah, in cold weather totally. when yeah, you're yeah. doing oh, a horse riding sailing whatever it is so it's it's a very interesting market gloves it's real world it's yes. real world technology it's technology is out yep. out in the real world out in the weather correct and, and it's bringing it's bringing interfaces to people who are not necessarily Again, desk workers or need to have or, rather than nice to have you know we've all done that thing of do i get yep. my phone out on the ski lift yep uh, and the benefit, better not to. the benefit we have with uh, fabrics is they don't need to be a, a flat, you know, fat, flat, cold surface like a piece of glass on a screen. You know, the, they can be, um, they can have tactile contoured surfaces on them. So you do, f you wouldn't necessarily need to look at the surface to feel what that button was or what that slider was. So there's a real opportunity there, which is a, another new thing for the interior automotive designers yeah because they love their curves and that's the thing i mean having worked with the interior designers because you have the interior the interior design teams and you have the the hmi teams whatever they're called and the two are always clashing because the designer wants to do these lovely single gestures of the curves of the dashboard and then they and then the then the, the tech team come along and go now we've got to put a 10 inch touchscreen right in the middle of that and actually as you say having contours and, and bringing the kind of the, the design aesthetics of the overall vehicle but retaining the interactivity is really really interesting that's it. We can really blend the two with um, with the interactive fabrics. And um, where can everyone find out more about you guys? Website infitex 
com and don't forget the hyphen i n f i hyphen t e x the hyphen is really crucial dot com and um so we we're updating our website right now but it's still functional um or call me m y r a w a i m a n pronounced mira and my phone numbers are <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure we cut that out. We will um, <laughs> take you to our room and show you some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Have you only listened to the last bit of the podcast? Yeah. That will yeah. really sound bad. We'll, we'll put all your details in the show notes yeah. as well. And what we've got as well is obviously people listening to this can't see. There's lots of lovely um, uh, fabrics on the table in front of us. So we're going to take a bunch of pictures of those as well, which we'll put up on our Instagram channel as well so people can see them. Excellent, but they, they look, I must look I'm, beautiful if nothing else. Yeah, I love, I love really the look of them. I must just say the other thing that is really beautiful and very functional uh, is Nick's furniture and lights, and they are really fabulous. Yeah. and he's exhibiting this year at Chelsea Flower Show, so oh, go really? and have a look. Oh, yeah. nice. that's a change in uh, environment <laughs> yes. from wearable surfaces. Well, it, I mean, is it in the next couple of years? Should it not be the the natural environment? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. yeah let's yeah. match them together. <laughs> I'm kind of down for that. Uh, yeah, I was having a look at your website, Nick. The chairs are are splendid. Well, they, they, they awesome. did come out. Yeah. They came out of a Bauhaus project from yeah. when I was there um, of making 3D spaces from 2D shapes. Yeah. The um, the hanging ones and uh very cool yeah studio.co.uk yeah we'll definitely link to all this i mean we could do an entire podcast on 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 chair design i mean it's not strictly speaking the remit of uh (laughs) genuine experts let's just talk about chairs love a chair Um, all right thank you so much for your time guys thanks for coming in thanks great to meet you Thanks, Mira, and thanks, Nick, for coming in and sharing some of your thoughts. I've left some links in the description below for Infotech and Raw Studios. Please do go and have a look. Again, if you want to get in touch, please do. GenuineXPodcast at jackmorton.co.uk Also, don't forget to like and subscribe. We've got some really interesting guests coming up, and I wouldn't want you to miss them. See you next time.